They say the age of adulthood varies from country to country, and with that comes freedoms and rights such as drinking, voting, the ability to consent, and so on. But the number typically hovers around 16 to 18 in most places. In the U.S., you can't legally drink alcohol until you're 21 years old, and if you're anything like my parents, then you're adamant on sticking to 21 you know, for the true age of adulthood. So I felt like it was right for the 21st episode of the Young Nut Experience to be the finale. Because guess what? You can't be a young nut forever. Not the season finale, not the final episode for right now, but the final episode ever. And it's a decision that I thought long and hard about, but I feel like all good things must come to an end before they risk going stale. And I don't want this to be stale. I remember watching a YouTube video on what's considered the peak of The Simpsons, what many purists and fans alike consider the golden era, you know, the best couple of seasons, and which episode out of hundreds, or maybe even thousands at this point, stands above the rest, and throughout the entire video, there was this idea that everything will eventually run its course, and beyond that point, there's just no flow, you're just kind of beating a dead horse, so... You know, once you reach a certain point, you lose that drive, you lose that desire that made the beginning as impactful or true to your initial vision. Some call it writer's block, some call it selling out, but I don't think there's really any form of media that can keep on going on forever. Now, some people would say One Piece, my favorite manga and anime of all time, has gone on for too long, but I'd say otherwise because they haven't reached the conclusion. I mean, it's been 24 years, but the journey is still building up to something that hasn't been achieved yet. Luffy hasn't found the One Piece. He's not the king of the pirates. Therefore, One Piece isn't over. But with the young experience, I'm running out of ways to take this. And I don't I didn't think that, you know, that would actually happen because I don't script these. I don't plan these. I just kind of get on the mic, I turn it on and I just talk. So I felt like, you know, if I'm running out of things to say, then I'll just let time pass and after enough time has happened you know i'd have more to document or reflect on so like if i were to tell my 16 year old self that i ran out of steam one day i'd be like well how did i run out of things to say you know if i'm alive i'll have thoughts and if i can think and i can speak then i can share so you know it's not like i've run out of memories or experiences or anything to get off my mind but rather I can't really move forward in terms of like where I feel like my life should be heading or where I feel it is headed by holding on to these things that I that are from the past, holding on to who I used to be or what I used to act like. So, you know, I started I started this, I started the Young Nut experience to let off some steam because I didn't want to tell my friends you know, I didn't want to burden them when I was ranting about girls or something, you know, like depression. But that was when I was 16. But there's so many self-imposed rules and kind of guidelines that I lived by from back then, which they don't really apply anymore. Or maybe they worked in the past, they don't work now. Or, you know, they didn't work and they should be left in the past. But the point is, I wanted to come on here today and open up in ways that I haven't ever, or at least not to like the world, the general public, because really whoever has access to this to to this podcast, if you could call it that, will know more about me than I've likely told them face to face besides like a select few, very select few, like, you know, I could count it on one hand, but there's just 
thoughts on my mind from experiences that I've either repressed or told one person, two people max, because I felt like telling others wouldn't really help. Others don't need to know. If I feel like sharing it, then I'll keep it to myself or I'll tell it with one person. That's enough. If anything, telling more people would make me more anxious because the more people that know, the less privacy I felt like I would have as a result. So I kept everything in, you know, and that made things more frustrating. You know, I can't count the amount of times I've had tell I've had people tell me that, oh, you seem off or, yo, everything's good. But like you just got quiet out of nowhere. Oh, you're zoning out. When I thought I was doing a great job of hiding things, you know, just just keeping it, you know, friendly, silly, playful, whatever, when things weren't exactly going so great to kind of keep attention off of them asking, oh, like, is something bothering you? I don't like that question. So that reminded me of another video from the same channel as the Simpsons video, except this one was about SpongeBob and how the circumstances of his life are pretty much the same as Squidward's. You know, they're both underpaid fast food workers. They have great passions that they can't pursue full time. I'm not going to go in depth into the video, but the point is SpongeBob is bubbly. He's optimistic. Squidward, he's cynical. He's pessimistic. And I was just like, well, I mean, they work the same job. They they kind of have like things that they like, love to do on the side, you know, jellyfishing, clarinet, whatever. But, you know, when I watched that video, I was kind of like, okay, this this is making more sense than I thought it would from just a goofy little video about SpongeBob. And it made me kind of want to like th look at my own life and think about how I went from being like SpongeBob to being more like Squidward. And it's not like the change really happened overnight, um, but it's not really like, you know, just teenage angst or puberty or whatever, blah, 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 blah. If I had to pinpoint one place that I feel might have, like, one event that could have been the catalyst of it all, it's not really one event. It's, like, two years back-to-back, -back, but I'd say it goes back to 2015, um, the year that I lost my brother, who I looked up to more than anyone, and, I mean, I didn't really hide it either. Everyone in my family knew I wanted to be like him, and, you know, he, he, was, he was proud being a role model for me, I remember. Uh, he used to call me his mini-me, like the short guy from Austin Powers, because I would buy clothes and shoes that looked just like his and my size, just to have something in common with. And they all knew he was my favorite sibling, but I think it was only my mother who truly understood how much I, I loved him and, and how much he meant to me, and I didn't really realize uh, how much losing him at a young age really meant to me until I moved away in 2016. Oh. And it's hard to talk about. Uh, and left behind the close friends and school community that felt like family away from home. Uh, so there's some memories that, you know, they kind of just stick with you for life. Like if you were to ask someone where they were when they got the announcement that their, that, you know, their favorite artist just released an album. Or you ask a parent what time their child was born. And for me, I mean, there's, there's nothing really ingrained in my memory quite like... Uh, Friday, March 6th, 2015, which is the last day that we spoke. And for years, I, I, I mean, I lived with guilt and regret because, I mean, I was, I, I was on an old little MacBook that could barely run Borderlands 2. So I said, you know, oh, this has been fun, but I'm going to bed and, you know, maybe we'll try again tomorrow. We'll play the next day. But there was no tomorrow. And 
nobody heard from him after noon on Saturday. And for three days, I was worried sick until one day I saw the words grieving and lost relative in my in in the search history on my mom's iPad. And for the next four days leading up to when my parents finally broke the news, I'll just wake up in the morning, go to school with a smile on my face, have fun with my friends as if I didn't just find out by accident that the person I love the most and look up to the most just took their life the day after I hung up on him abruptly. And every night I would, I would cry in the shower while listening to Aerials by System of A Down. I, I mean, I don't even like metal, but it's just because he mentioned the song in conversation briefly one day and I, I didn't listen to it at all for, you know, like three years until that day. And I was just, you know, so about about a year later in, in 2016, after I moved, um, my summer was longer than usual. It's usually two weeks, um, not two weeks, two months, maybe like 10 weeks at max. But this time it was three months. And I was in a new country, so not only was it like a new, different environment, but I felt kind of unwelcome because uh, I didn't know anyone and family was really all that I had. So I knew, you know, at best I could only feel like 80% because part of me was, was missing, not just being in a new place, but I knew even if everything fit into place and everything was going great, I would only be... 80% knowing that that I I didn't I didn't have the people around me um, you know that, that helped me help me get through the grief and, and, and sorrow and even through that you know maybe 90% max because nothing could bring him back so it was a tough first year and you know before that I was I mean I was what 11 12 so my mind was mostly just happy thoughts you know sure I was I was unhappy with my weight I hated my voice but weight and voice that was those were really the two biggest of my insecurities um I mean getting over them didn't really bring me much joy um because I don't really think the joy came back I mean, to this day, I can't really say the joy came back just because of what those two years, 2015 and 2016, really the way they impacted my way of life. So fast forward to today, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not all happy go lucky like I used to be. You know, I'm quiet. I keep to myself a lot more than I'd like to. And there's just many thoughts that run through my mind that get in the way of the things that I'd love to do and experience and just... You know, I, I wouldn't call myself a pessimist, but I'm I'm a lot more I'm I'm definitely jaded. Uh like like my brother was and since my voice matured a lot faster than everything else, every comment about oh, you sound so monotonous, oh you sound so robotic, it just it, it was like it was like people were telling me you're not you're not full of life, you're dull, you're boring. Your energy, you you have no energy, and I was just like, well, I'm 13, so how am I supposed to take this? You know, for 12 years I wanted to be just like my brother, but as I got older, the more I relate to him, the more I realize how troubled he must have been, and I I feel like I ignored it as just you know, oh he's just unhappy. You know, from my point of view, he was just the guy that never smiled. He didn't speak much. 
to people outside the house. I mean, he didn't really speak to he didn't really speak to my siblings as much nearly as much as he did to me. So I was always kind of, you know, special, but I was like, okay, he'll go to college, he'll get the right group of friends, things will sort themselves out. But it's it's not always that black and white and growing up made me wish that the age gap between us wasn't nine years just so that I'd be able to better understand in the moment what it was that he was going through. Not like I not like I could have changed anything really, but just to just to know that, you know, it's not as surface level as I thought it was. But maybe it's a good thing that I'm a lot younger than he was because I mean he seemed happier when when he talked to me I remember uh, I introduced him to Borderlands in the summer of 2014 which ended up becoming his favorite game franchise like he dumped so many hours into the first game the second and like the pre-sequel basically like you know what happens in between one and two and that summer we binge watched like 700 episodes of One Piece in three weeks while still finding the time to go pick up our sister from her dance class every now and then. And I remember sometimes he'd go by himself. Sometimes I'd go with him and he'd get me ice cream on the way back. And I thought I was, I thought I I got all, I, I thought I was over all of this, you know. But, you know, they say time, time heals. And what that doesn't really take into consideration is the fact that time won't make things better if you're not also trying to work through them. So time definitely helps, but you can have all the time in the world. And if you run from, you know, what's really haunting you, then it will eventually catch up to you. So I I, I can't, I can probably count um, on two hands. Three weeks ago, it would have been one. Um, The amount of friends that I've, I've even mentioned, my brother, my brother's passing too just because I tried my best to hide the impact it had on me because I I felt like you know any any sign of weakness any sign of weakness goes against how I want to be perceived you know if you're if you treat me kindly if you treat me poorly if you pull away, if you open up to me, I want this all to be because of my actions. I don't want this to be because you know something about me that's shifting the way you think about me. And, you know, one of my favorite characters and Bojack Horseman, you know, I died for one of my favorite shows. Uh, but one of my favorite characters in Bojack Horseman is Secretariat, who, you know, for those who don't watch the show, he's a depressed racehorse that young Bojack looked up to, who eventually took his own life. And it it was later in life that Bojack, while playing the role of secretary in a film based on the the racehorse's life, that Bojack realizes that as he got older, he grew up into secretariat. But it wasn't the happy and motivated athlete that he saw on screen. It was the reserved and, and dejected horse behind the cameras. And, you know... Some would say, oh, Bojack Horseman is a red flag. But one of the reasons I love it so much is because of moments like that, which resonate with me deeply in ways that, you know, some of my closest friends and siblings wouldn't know because, like I said, I don't want people to worry about me. So 
when I was injured and hooked up to IVs back in 2017 or I was scared that when the doctors were like, oh, there's a possibility of kidney or even multiple organ failure. I was like, oh, man, so many episodes of Grey's Anatomy start with oh, some minor procedure. And then in the end of the episode, the person's dead. So I was scared uh, when my friends were getting into relationships, you know, hooking up and all that stuff towards the towards the like second half of high school. I was I was in my room. I was blasting Kevin Abstract and Frank Ocean questioning my sexuality because I was like, well, everything makes sense for them. But this is just gray for me. I, 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 this isn't black and white. I don't know if it's this or if it's that. Why don't I know? So I just ran from that. And later that year, uh, 2019, uh, my mom was bedridden and ill. She had to go in for surgery. And I remember bawling my eyes out when my dad called after the procedure because I, 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 saw, I saw the call and I was, I was scared. And I was scared because what if I picked up and, and you know, he might have he might have had something to say that that really could have shifted just my entire life. What if he he called and he said she didn't make it? And then in summer of 2020, I was worried when I was getting ultrasounds to find any cancerous growths. And just seven months ago, last summer, I was contemplating skipping my own high school graduation. I mean, I didn't really get along with half my class, and I felt like going would have only been to please my family. But I ended up going, and I still had to put on a smile and celebrate. Um, like, I didn't just hear from my brother that no one's heard from that in three days. And I was scared again because I thought it was another another situation just, like, back in 2015. Um, I mean, two months ago when I tried acid for the first time, I was all right for about seven hours binge watched The Last Airbender, hung out with my roommates, but then when they went to bed, uh, I went to look in the mirror. They say, don't look in the mirror, but I was like, okay, that's cool, whatever. And I was just there, staring at my face, morph into my mother's face, a younger version of her. And I was like, okay, this is cool. Then it morphed into my brother's face, you know, my, the one who's not here, so... That wasn't fun, and I, I kept it to myself, and through it all, I mean, I didn't tell anyone what was truly on my mind, and to this day, I've, I've only gone into full details on those situations with a select few people, um, just because I didn't feel like navigating, you know, I didn't feel like having those conversations, I felt like I could navigate through it on my own, but there's strength in admitting that you can't deal with everything on your own, you know, there's strength in telling others how you feel. There's definitely times you can let your guard down. I mean, if you were to ask me for my thoughts on those three phrases two years ago, I probably would have brushed them aside because, you know, ah, that's always how it's been. I mean, you know, I, I, I stuck to that. I stuck to that, you know, that the way of life, you keep it all in. You don't open up. You don't give people a chance to see what you have inside because that vulnerability can be taken advantage of. And I shared that in common with my father and my older brothers, you know, you keep others out the loop when it comes to anything involving emotions, love, mental well-being. So this entire time, I just lived my life thinking, you know, oh, this is the way men are. Why break that cycle? My dad did it. My two oldest brothers did it. I'll do it. I don't plan on having kids, but if I did, maybe, you know, they'll be better than me. You know, if I have a son, he'll be a better man than I was. 
but you couple that with a countless amount of times that my dad's basically ingrained in me this idea, you know, remember what I taught you, don't get attached, in those exact words, you know, and, you know, it makes sense sometimes, because I moved around a lot, we moved around a lot every three to five years, so I knew not to get attached to a certain country, or to think these people are going to be with me for life, because in three to five years, pack up, go somewhere new, but that bled into other areas of my life, which built a tendency to hold everything in, keep it walled off from others, and after a after some time, it gets hard to break down. So it's not like I'm just going to open up with just randomly anyone about something like, you know, essay. Uh, I think you might know what that stands for. Because um, I'm just, you know, pushing through everything on my own. Like those masculine urge memes on TikTok. Uh, or just, you know, bury it so deep that it took psychedelics and like Molly to remember some of the memories that I thought, you know. Oh, I thought I burnt those. I thought I got rid of those. I thought those, I thought like, you know, that wasn't me anymore. So now moving forward, I've got so many unknowns in my life and and there's so many unknowns in the past that led to negative outcomes. So, you know, I, it's no surprise to me that I don't like when things are unknown. You know, I don't like gray areas and I like to avoid them, but it's, it's all just a constant reminder that you're life doesn't owe you answers people don't owe you closure you just get what you get and it sounds like a bad thing but it goes both ways for example intimacy and you know relationships dating all that kind of stuff that's a topic that i heavily avoided in the past last four years like i would string along multiple people at once so that if one situation smelt like commitment then i've got something waiting for me when i jump ship you know i saw it like Things don't work out for me, you know? Other people are happy. They live their lives. You're not that lucky. You don't get all that, you know? This won't work out for you, so stop trying it, you know? You expect too much from other people. No one's going to love you unconditionally. These are things that you, that I, you know, drilled into my head. So I'm like, okay, no one wants that. Who wants to be in a situation where they have to devote everything that they are to one person who doesn't have to reciprocate you know no one wants to i mean sure some people do but you shouldn't strive to be the groupie or the idol in that situation so i avoided the thought of taking things seriously i was convinced that that was the right way to live and if you told me oh you'll change when you're older oh i used to be just like you until i found the one i was like okay you're wasting your time what you're saying right now is basically just invalidating the way that I feel without giving me a chance or without you accepting the possibility that maybe not everyone's the same, you know? And I'd love to say that I'm at a point in my life where I'm willing to just take what life has to offer and just, you know, let things take their course. But change and and, and healing and all that, it takes time. I mean, Last month, I, I walked into a situation with no unexpected outcome in mind. Like, you know, things failing quickly because I would be unable to reciprocate or whatever. And for the first three weeks, I fought off all those voices in my head that told me, oh, the cycle's just going to repeat itself. You fall for someone, things fall apart, 
then you go back to you know stringing multiple people along the ego goes oh i told you so and then you're back to square one but this time was different and i knew that and i i could lie to my friends and i i tried lying to myself but i had the suspicion from day one when i met this person that they'd be more than a friend and so the first time in four years i i dropped all these other options i put all my focus into one person and i said you know i i, I would i would leave friends behind i would ditch plans and and say oh you know i said we're gonna do this i said we're gonna do that but let me just you know quote unquote go say hi upstairs then i'd run off spend hours at their place just talking or you know sometimes we wouldn't even do much we just like be on youtube looking for things to watch and before i knew it seeing each other every two weeks turned into every friday turned into every day sometimes it was even twice a day maybe i'd go up to theirs later they'd come down to mine you know i used to call it a night and go back to mine around one that turned into maybe like three four I think there was three times I even left it like six. One time I even slept over. So through all that, I probably told two people because I was just embarrassed that my friends would call me a hypocrite or say that I went back on my word after I solemnly swore, I'm not falling for anyone out here. You know, I'm going to be a whore. You know, all that. But while I was saying all that, I did still... I do still remember how warm I felt inside when they were telling me, this is like the person I was into, when they told me that they were, you know, at a party and this guy tried to flirt with them and he brought up horoscopes or whatever and they replied, oh, my boyfriend's a Taurus. And I was like, oh, you used the word boyfriend? And, you know, I hit it well because I knew, you know, two years ago, if someone mentioned me in the same sentence as boyfriend, I would have gotten defensive, you know, I would have found a way to just weasel my way out of the situation, then eventually end things to be like, yeah, you're taking this too fast. Okay, that's not what we are. Slow your roll. But this time was different. So when I heard that, I was like, okay, you know, maybe I won't be so mad if that's where things are headed. And just over the next few weeks, I kind of just fell in love with this ideal situation in my head. And, you know, compete. And I, I just tuned out any and all potential signs that maybe things weren't going as smoothly as they were. I even told a few close friends. I told my brother, I told my sister that I was leaving behind the whole no commitment lifestyle. And I was I was ready to argue or, or cut off anyone that disagreed with my decision or felt some type of way because of the fact that I was into someone that so happened to be non-binary and not a girl, uh, which was a first for me, but that didn't really scare me or put me off. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I have no reason to live for what others want or expect from me. So while I don't really have a one-size-fits-all label to put on how I feel, I certainly know that things aren't as black and white as I used to think they were back then. And like, you know, high school. And to me, that was a big step. Like one of the biggest steps I've taken in a while. Because, you know, growing up in Africa, well, born in Africa, my, my, 
my people, my family, all that. They're African. I, I grew up in the Caribbean for the most part in a religious household. So to me, it's hard to come to terms. It was hard to come to terms with the possibility of liking anyone but women. And that's just the possibility. Embracing the reality of it, that's a whole nother, that's a, that's a you know, a whole other story so while many of my new friends wouldn't care at all i still felt like i was better off hiding everything from most of my old ones and even some of my closest ones out of fear that they treat me differently or i'd have to cut some of them off and it's hard to cut people out of your life when you really care about them because at any point in time you might have a moment of weakness and feel like reaching out only to be reminded you did this for a reason and then you hurt twice so as the end of the year approached i did my best to just push push through everything all these gray areas all these unknowns the qualms i had about my sexuality you know dealing with uh, potentially being aromantic back in 2019 and all that it slowly over time it stopped scaring me as much And I was like, okay, this is nice because everything's falling into place. You know, from the moment that I decided to leave my shell and just open up to the world again after exam season, I was like, okay, this is nice. It wasn't easy to fight off the temptation to just, you know, delete everything, fall off the grid, blah, blah, blah. Like I was doing every summer and winter since 2017. But I knew that moving forward, being all avoidant and dismissive, it, it kind of made me accustomed to seeking pleasure in these quick relief things, you know, all this stuff that someone would describe as self-destructive, which I didn't tell family about because, you know, really, why would I? So early earlier this year when I was staying at my great aunt's place, I, I deleted most forms of social media and I just ghosted all my friends and not just, you know, not just from high school, everyone. Besides family, every single person from uh, from New Year's to maybe late February. And I just focused on school and I stopped working out. I went from eating four times a day to maybe once. I I stopped keeping up with One Piece, um, which I was consistent with every single week for seven straight years. And that's when I knew, okay, this is this is more than just slightly off. Because when I got news that my brother passed, the same afternoon I drew a picture of Luffy and I watched him one piece to cherish something that we both loved and we both shared. So when not even one piece could pique my interest, I was like, okay, this isn't just, you know, regular old, you are unhappy. So when I got back home in February, I was I was inside for a while. I didn't leave the house whatsoever for weeks. I was still eating once or twice a day. Uh, sometimes I would stay up for over 18 hours, you know, stressing over assignments and finals to the point of pulling multiple day all-nighters. You know, you you wake up on Tuesday and you don't go to bed until Thursday afternoon. That That can't run. It was so bad one time I remember my mom came upstairs and she caught me sleeping at the desk with the computer on some coding project. Because to me, I was like, okay, we can ignore the dizziness. We can ignore, you know, all the auditory hallucinations. You know, it's nighttime. It's probably crickets outside or something. Because this is what 
this is what it takes to be, you know, successful or whatever. I stress over this now. I live my life to the fullest after graduation. And in May and April, you know, in April and May, things kind of started to make sense again. I got that groove back. And around June, when I didn't hear from my father, nobody in the house did for about four days, I was like, okay, all this momentum is gone because it feels like I'm going through 2015 again. And, you know, the the tendency to just escape it started up again and you know I stopped working out again I stopped cooking I stopped leaving the house um and you know for a bit I even like started just you know like you know just experimenting with substances here and there nothing crazy no no benzos or anything like that but for the first time ever I started drinking and smoking alone I, I tried shrooms four times in the span of two months. I remember one time I even tried Benadryl. You know, I was drinking, like, coffee to stay up at night, you know. And I I knew it was unsustainable. My heart was pumping. It felt like it was going to burst out my chest some nights, especially that one uh, Benadryl night. And things kind of tapered off in July because I took a break um, to kind of deal with moving and packing and all that. And then by August, when I moved, I I kind of curbed the the whole desire to just you know get it intoxicated off of some sort of substance to get through tough times. So that was all right. And when I went to college in September and picked it back up, it was fun. You know, I kept things social. It was all in moderation. But then you know, smoking maybe three times a week and drinking once a week turned into smoking twice a day. You know. Not just joints, but, you know, moved on to pens and bongs and drinking once a week turned into, you know, anywhere from three to five times a week. And at the start, we're talking two to three casual drinks to six or seven, getting hammered. And I I kind of just stopped lying to myself about how I felt. Um, I confessed, you know, I, I put my feelings out there. And I decided to take another break, except this time, unlike back in summer, I didn't, this break didn't last two months, like July and August. I barely got through two weeks. You know, I dipped my toes, just for the fun of it, back into smoking. And it was fun, you know. But eventually, I started to go silent and just run back to my room instead of, you know, talking, chilling with my roommates like I used to when I would get high. And... I mean, I drank twice because I decided, okay, this, this, this is a, this is an opportunity to just let loose a little. You're with your brother and his friends over summer, not summer, over the over winter. You know, one of the times it was someone's birthday, but I, I didn't know the guy. So to me, that was just, oh, I'm having fun drinking with my brother because I've never done this before. We're actually hanging out as adults. And then the second time was a little Christmas Day get together, and you know, uh, things were things were looking up. I I figured you know if I keep this low and in moderation, we can get back into things. But this time, I I didn't feel like I was looking for a way to just justify my bad habits or to do anything self destructive. I genuinely and sincerely felt like moderation and you know 
socially was the way to go. Then, you know, I got that text, you know, meaty paragraph saying, oh, things aren't going to work out, you know, I need, I need some time off, uh, you know, I, I need to think if this is right for me, I don't want to do this to you, blah, 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 I'm so sorry, and I was like, damn, I really want a shot, and I wanted, I wanted to drink so badly that I, I kind of, I kind of told me that I don't want a break. I need a break. So as of today, I mean, I'm I'm close to one month off of everything. I haven't drank since Christmas, and I I intend on going back to social use, you know, casually with friends here and there. But I don't want to do so out of feeling like I need to escape. Or feeling like I'm not myself while sober. Or feeling like I'm wasting my weekend because I'm sitting in, you know, doing schoolwork or watching a show instead of, you know, going out and drinking and partying. And, you know, it's it's hard sometimes. Um, it's hard sometimes not to just go back to just casually hooking up and just drinking, partying, all that kind of stuff because I know it'll feel good in the moment. That's why people do it because it feels good. They wouldn't do it if it didn't. But it's more so I I just know that if I do, I'll fall back into it. It's, it's like you can't really dig a hole if the floor underneath is is already dug out. I'm basically digging into a cave when I should be filling it so right now I'm in a position where I, I I really have no place to go but just hope for things to get better and I know they will I I really this isn't something that I hope for I know that they will get better and I'm confident in that I really am but I know that if I if I drink right now if I smoke right anything like that I will get emotional, and I don't want that to happen. I don't want to be put in a situation where I feel like I might make a bad decision. I might call this person, even though I know we're not speaking right now. I, I, you know, it's it's hard because it really does all come back to 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 things at this point. The whole relationship situation and losing my brother because the latter I I don't expect to get through just like that you know I it was it was hard opening up to to my dad and to my brother because uh, usually when I get these kind of feelings I just open up to I open up to my sister or I open up to a couple of friends who so happen to be girls for the most part because opening up to guys is it's it feels like I'm 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 more vulnerable cuz it's like you don't you don't talk to men about feelings what are you doing you don't cry i i'm not even lying when i say it. there's been a couple of times where i i i would cry and just feel guilty afterwards i'd feel like i just wasted 
uh, a form of a form of release you know getting all those emotions out there i was like you don't you don't need to do this you're 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 being weak right now and then right after that you know i do something like oh i do some push-ups afterwards or oh i'd crack a joke because you can't be soft you know that's that's the way i lived and losing losing my brother it made every every single time i would feel emotional after that moment it all felt to me like i was like i was just invalidating the way that i felt after losing him because i was just like you don't get to cry about this losing him that's justified someone someone doesn't think that this is going anywhere and they're 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 cutting it off here they're ending things you're really gonna cry about this don't 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 be stupid don't be fool don't be soft you're being you're being you're being emotional you're being you're being weak right now you don't get to cry about things like this so every now and then i i just try to break that habit you know i i want to i want to get back into things and i know that would be just fast forwarding the process and i i haven't i haven't spoken to them really you know the person i was into i haven't spoken to them um for longer than maybe happy birthday or a meme uh in three weeks and i don't really know where we stand right now you know because it's 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 difficult when when you take so much time off of letting yourself feel certain emotions and you get back into it and you convince yourself that this is just like every other time so you stay away then eventually you stop lying you stop putting walls up you let those walls down and in my case doesn't go as planned and you feel like putting those walls back up you feel like messing around you feel like doing whatever you can even if it means lying to yourself or coming up with reasons to hate that person just so that you can feel better about yourself quicker oh they didn't they didn't even like there there was no future there i wasted my time oh like i should have known oh they did this that one time that's a red flag oh i should have known or oh they're a shitty person like i i'm glad I, that didn't go anywhere all that it's just negative ways of thinking that are hard to escape and the one that i can't escape as of now is just thinking that i wasted my time and thinking that and it's it's part of it's a thought and part of it's true and i know it is just being moving around a lot means that everywhere you go you don't really you don't really feel like you belong it's really people that make a place feel like home and for me finding people that i i really genuinely trust and and feel at home with it can it can be difficult at times but it worked out this time so perfectly at least I thought it did. I was like, okay, usually bonds this close form in a year, two years. 
This time it happened in three months. So I'm like, okay, this is great. But three months to me and three months to them are completely different because you're moving about a hundred kilometers. You've got your family back home. You've got your sibling at the same school or you've got friends from high school, five, 10, 20 minutes away. But I picked up and left everything behind. Sure, I can keep in touch with people, but this is my life now. If this doesn't go well, I go back home thousands, probably a couple of hundred, no, no, definitely thousands, thousands of miles away. So everything out here means more to me than it does to everyone else. And it's hard to admit that because I know, and it's a fact, it's just the way of life. I care more about things that happen here than others do because they don't have to care about it as much as me. They're not starting from scratch. Some of them are, but most of them are kind of just picking up. They've got momentum. I just start and stop. So for me, in this specific situation, I'm looking at it like, okay, things didn't go so well, but no, for for both of us, things didn't go so well, but for them, oh, I liked a guy, things didn't work out, oh well, but for me, I, I just I just basically lost one of my best friends. And I'm saying lost as if they died or something, you know, it's, it's nothing that extreme, but more so it feels, it feels like we're strangers. And part of it is them introducing me to a lot of their friends and me not really expecting them to open up nearly as much as I did. So they know more about me than I know about them. And we speak to a lot of the same people. So I'm put in these situations where I feel like I put everything out there and I feel I feel slighted afterwards just because, you know, it's 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 like it's like I put you so high as a priority in my life and now that things fell apart, I'm coming back. To this apartment building thinking I don't feel good here you're coming back thinking oh, okay I'm gonna see my friends and go about my life but you know no points in going on for too long about that because I'd like to close things but uh I, you know I, I, I'd love to just keep talking going 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 until I can't speak at all just to put those thoughts out there you know just to dissect a couple of these thought processes from back in the day but the young nut experience began as an outlet for me back in high school and i feel like there's just been enough time to where now i can finally say i'm ready to move on to bigger and better things and i'll miss making these i'll miss listening back to them you know but it's time that i let my guard down and i put the mic down and i just i just live my life you know, it's only up from here, and there's there's all these things that haunt my mind, you know, 
and and putting them into these sound waves was nice but it's time that they stay there and i finally enter the next phase of my life you know it's unknown it's scary it's gray but you know that's just that's just what life is and i mean i guess i'm ready to live mine